Welcome everyone to Uplifting Humans, where we honor, empower, educate, and inspire the listener. I'm Solyndran Buller, your host, and of course, joining me today is Matilda, and of course, this is Fires with Relationships. We jointly actually have created this beautiful series and hope to continue with the listeners. So today's topic we're going to continue is going to be fear. And as you know already, fear is an emotion, and it's triggered by the threat of harm, real or imagined. Now, that's the key. It could be real or it could be imagined. And, of course, the threat can be for uh, physical, uh, emotional, or psychological well-being. And it is programmed into our nervous system. So what we're going to do is we're going to explore this beautiful emotion called fear. And now I'll turn it over to Matilda. Hello, everyone. And uh, I'm Matilda, uh, Coffee with Matilda podcast. Uh, and yeah, I'm very actually excited, Salindran, because um, I have a lot of questions to ask from you and also questions to ask from the audience so they can think when they have the time uh, about uh, fear because um, sometimes fear seems from, uh, from a real threat but it can also originate from imagined dangers as you said yes. it can also be a symptom of uh, some mental health conditions like panic disorder social yes. anxiety disorder phobias right. and post-traumatic stress disorder and I'm, I'm actually interested about phobia because I have one <laughs> and uh, it's always a problem actually but um, I think I've, uh, I've learned how to live with it but it's yes. obviously something very uncomfortable for me and also for the people who are involved with me at that moment which we can share with us later on. But okay. So are you going to share with us your phobia or are we going to yeah, spend yeah. it and waiting uh, for you to share that uh, with us? I have a bird phobia, mainly a uh, pigeon phobia. No, actually bird oh, wow. phobia. Yeah. Wow. That, and, and yet pigeons are so common. Um, how did you develop that? Was that something that, uh, you know, you experienced or was that something that you saw someone else experience? Because, you know, phobias can work both ways. You don't necessarily have to go through the, uh, you know, uh, fear of it. But by simply watching someone else go through that, you become a part of that. Um, yeah, I don't think so. I think it's something that I developed. To be honest, my parents don't know exactly what happened either. And I remember uh, we had some patios uh, when I was in Iran. And mm -hmm. at that time I was young and I mean, maybe eight, nine, and I really liked to have a Coca-Cola. My mom would put the Coca-Cola in patio because there were birds Yes. And um, so I wouldn't go and drink it. And I was very okay to not drink it. I was like, I'm, I, I'm, I'd rather die than go to that place with <laughs> our pigeons. And then, then I realized it's real. It's a real issue. Otherwise, I would have jumped to go and have a cook there. Wow. Um, yeah, that is, I, I, that's I, unbelievable. I think you are the first person. I mean, I've heard of spiders, I've heard of snakes, I've heard of fear of the unknown. I mean, I've heard of a lot of things about pigeons. I wonder if yeah. it's from a past life. Probably. I mean, I, I say, yeah. And actually, <laughs> um, it's very annoying for the people around me and for me in a way too, because uh, going, I mean, now that weather is nice, I cannot sit outside. Actually, I have this sense. It's a very weird. I'm not a very alert human being. Like when I'm walking in the street, it's not like I'm realizing everything around me. But when it's morning time, yes, and I know there are pigeons there around me, I'm yes. like super alert. Like I exactly know which bird is flying where. The oh the my. their uh, sound, the sound of the wind, are very. Um, I'm very sharp about it, and it's. I mean, I'm used to it, but I feel someone that it's new and it's around me, they get kind of uh, weirded out. Like, what is she doing? Because if I'm in a restaurant and it's in a patio and the pigeon come, but yes. I'm going to, might, 
my cooking. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> wow. So I have to make sure that they know if I'm jumping around or I'm, you know, or yes. I cannot sit outside. So, so, so do you, can you share with us, because I find this really fascinating. Can you share with us what you're feeling, what your, your body is going through? Like, are you getting a fast heartbeat? Or are you breathing fast? Like what, what exactly is happening? Are your muscles tensing? Because these are the common you know, symptoms uh, that you'll find people going through, right? And, exactly. um, and yeah. I feel like, I mean, obviously it's a very stupid and very funny wow. <laughs> but it's very real for me. I feel yes. like if the pigeon comes, I'm yes. going to die. How stupid is that? But that's the feeling. Wow. wow. I, feel, I feel like if the pigeon comes on me, I will yes. die. Wow. And one thing that was very... Um, eye-opening for me years yes. ago I think when I just moved to New York I remember I was with my mom and mm -hmm. I was passing the street and uh, and I there were pigeons so I I uh, start um, changing my direction and there yes. was a car coming and my mom ran after me automatically to just save me and the car just stopped in front of my mom like oh, wow at that moment, I realized not only I'm making my life in, I'm putting my life in danger, I'm putting the people who love me around me in danger, danger as well. Because at that moment, for me, the car wasn't the danger element. It was the pigeon. How, and how old were you? How old were you? Like eight years ago. Wow. That's, wow, that's amazing. Well, you know what? Definitely some real digging to do uh, there and maybe even trying to, uh, you know, seek some, some help because, you know, there are people who specialize in uh, getting people over the phobias, whether it's through hip, hip, you know, hypnotizing you or, or just walking you through to gradually bring you to a point where, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to be reacting in the same manner. So that's, that's fascinating. But, you know, um, bringing it back to where we are and how, how fear affects uh, the majority of us, and especially what's happening right now with the times and the situations that we're going through. As you know, um, you know we discussed courage last week, and courage is, is something that is required uh, in order to get through something. And, uh, and, you know, and fear is the polar opposite of that because fear can make you run it can make you freeze up it can uh, make you scream it can it may make you do all sorts of things right so exactly. so so what we wanted to do was really bring it back to how are people handling the current situation and what we're going through and how can we actually move through move through this time period in an easy and more um not joyful but more of a conscious effort uh because i know that you know it, we're fortunate we may have family and loved ones around us you know really reaching out to them when we're having moments of fear would definitely help but i think that uh, we needed to explore it a little bit more for me um you know anything whether it's your thoughts or your beliefs or your experiences your memories um your preferences um those are all those are all based on some something from the past okay so if all of those things that i've listed off are based on the past then what you're doing is you're faced with something as in what we're going through right now, whether it's during the lockdown, during the riots, during whatever, now you're going to, you know, really sit down and question the way that you are accepting or not accepting um, what is going on um, and I going. We lost Salindra here. Oh, okay. So. Am I back? Yeah, we're back. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> unstable uh, internet. What can I say? Yeah. So everything that uh, that we're 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 using to navigate and move forward is really something that we already know. 
It's all those thoughts, all those belief systems, all those experiences and memories that are making us react a certain way or respond to a certain situation. So, so it's really important to take into consideration that you may be reacting or responding from something in the past. So mm-hmm. if it is fear, then it is something that you need to question. The minute that you question something which is fearful, all of a sudden, it'll allow for your mind to stop for a moment and try to look for an answer. Okay? It'll allow for that split second of a breather so you're not on this you know, rant in your head internally trying to figure out what am I going to do? What if you know, I'm in lockdown and I have uh, nobody here? What if I run out of food? What if I don't find that job? What if I don't have enough money to pay for the food or the rent? or the? And it goes on and on and on. So it's the fear feeds the fear, you see? The fear feeds the fear. But where did that fear all come from? Where did it begin? And, and, and how you're responding and reacting is something from the past. Those are the memories, the belief systems, the thoughts, the experiences that you did have. Do you, do you kind of understand that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in order to move, in order to move forward, um, you really have to question what's coming up for you. Like, why am I feeling anxious? Why am I having these anxiety attacks? Why am I having these stress responses kick in? Why is my, you know, now I have to go to see a doctor because my, my uh, blood pressure's up, my heart rate is up, and it goes on and on. And realistically, you're, you're really having to really deal with some of those past traumas, past victimizations, past fears, which you never dealt with, you just kind of shoved them into the system and hoping they'll never show up again and that you'll just keep moving forward in life. And so this time period is a beautiful time period if we can actually go back and question fear. What is this? Why is this happening? And I think the other part of it, you know, Matilda, I'd like to bring in is that the ego thinks, it thinks, the ego thinks, whereas your soul or your spirit knows. There's a difference of thinking and knowing. So when you're thinking and it's going on and on and on and on, and you're going down that little spiral into never, never land, and things are so blown out of proportion that you freeze yourself, you give yourself a heart attack because you kept thinking, overthinking, knowing that precise moment that that's ego. That isn't, that isn't the spirit. And remember, your spirit, your spirit. And spirit knows that you will get through this. Um, that's interesting. I never thought about. I never thought about it that way, actually. Um, but now I'm going to think that way that a spirit can. But sometimes, spirit. I mean, really, spirit. Then how? Spirit knows it all. But why is it sometimes that some people, they put themselves in a dangerous situation, and it's a real danger situation and they don't have fear which automatically they should have that fear why spirit doesn't help them to have that feeling is it because they are not in tune with themselves okay give me an example like for example um some uh kids maybe they're young or maybe they're careless i don't know or motorcycle um drivers they drive crazily they don't even have a fear that okay this is dangerous right Uh, this is not logical what you're doing but they go for it anyway and actually they enjoy it so i've done some research about it because for me this was um fascinating 
And I came to this conclusion that the emotional response to fear is a highly personalized because fear involves some of the same chemical reactions in our brain uh, that uh, like uh, positive emotions like uh, happiness uh, has it as well or happiness excitement um, on like fear feeling fear under certain circumstances can be actually fun for some people that's yeah. why some people like to watch scary movies or uh, like they're adrenaline seekers and they're thriving on extreme sports. Um, right. Right. But then again, that's a choice that they're making. Yeah. Yeah. But isn't that interesting that actually it's the same feeling that some of them, they go into wrong relationships and when they're abused, they feel safe in it. The fear is not bothering them. Whereas for other people, that fear, I mean, they cannot even think about that kind of a relationship because that fear stops them going forward in that kind of a relationship. Okay, so I think I think I I think I know what you're getting at. So you're thinking about, say, in an abused woman. Mm-hmm. And so she's, you know, a battered woman who gets beat up every second day. And so she leaves this man and subconsciously she goes, finds another man who's going to do yeah. the same thing. That, that in itself is definitely psychological. And, you know, you need to go get some, some help for that. Right. But the fear that we're, we're actually looking at right now is, is, you know, what, what, okay, so I guess what you're trying to, like a fearful person sees the world as terrifying, but a battered woman doesn't see a man as terrifying. She's looking for a relationship, so she doesn't tie the two together, you see? She doesn't look at that man initially going into that relationship, but subconsciously, subconsciously there's something happening because she repeatedly goes and finds a brand new relationship leaving one but then always finding that same kind of man who's going to do the very same thing to her again so she's not seeking fear but see some people yes in abusive relationship yes but what about people who are seeking that kind of adrenaline that logically is very dangerous and some of them lose their life or they uh, they have very bad accidents although they know for example this can be a very dangerous journey they're going but they're going anyway that fear never stops them for example, for me, I could never, if I know something is a little bit dangerous, I can never even, I mean, not even extreme danger, something very little dangerous, I wouldn't like to go. I wouldn't like to put myself in a, in a situation that I'm nervous or uh, my safety is in danger. But I have some friends that, oh my God, that's their uh, excitement. Exactly. Also, they, but they don't they see it the way you do. They don't yes. see it the way you do. And, and so everyone's... Wired differently. Well, yeah, and their tolerance is different because fight or flight, the response is fight or flight because your body is actually built to last. The body does not want you to have pain. The body does not want you to you know, die if it doesn't need to. It, those are mechanisms that are primitive and they're in... And they're at your cellular level, they're, they're, you're wired for that in your nervous system because you're either going to be running away from danger or you're going to fight off danger. That's, that's basically fight or flight. But if you don't see it that way, if you do not see it that way, well, there, there is no fight or flight. There is no survival mechanism that's kicking in, right? And so, you know, I mean, for me, for instance, you know, you've got your your pigeon phobia and for me you know um it could be a fear of uh, heights so um you know i signed up to go and scale a building so i was at the top of the building i had the harness on and i had the whole nine yards but then my perception of what may happen looking down i could have puked because 
it was not something that I was comfortable in doing. So in me, my fight or flight mechanism kicked in and guess what I did? I said, I'm sorry, but I will not be doing this. And I took everything off and I walked away. Now, I could go back again next time and do myself a favor by not looking down, you know, the 26 floors of a building. I could just walk out there and keep looking at my, you know, assistant who's going to guide me and scale me down the building. And if I don't look down, I'll be okay. Because all the equipment's going to save me. You see what yeah. I mean? And, and yet, because I made the fatal mistake of going to the top of the building looking down, that was it. Game over. My fight or flight mechanism kicked in. I was like, oh my God, am I nuts? What, am, what if the ropes fail me? Right? Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a really interesting, um, it's a really interesting emotion and, you know, um, and, and, and how you can really see it is what you're feeling. Because it's a nervous system that's kicking into play, you can actually, if you really pay attention, all of a sudden, when you go into survival mode, am I going to live or am I not going to live? Mm -hmm. You will start feeling your heart race. You will start feeling your muscles tense up. You will start feeling that your breath is like, is, is hyperventilation starts to happen. And that's when you can actually train yourself to take long, deep, controlled, consciously controlled breathing techniques that will help you, you know, through the mechanism of the flight or flight situation. Because guess what? If you cannot get a hold of fear, and you put yourself in fight or flight one too many times. Yeah. You are damaging your immune system. <gasps> Maybe that's why I'm... You're damaging your immune system because... I get sick very easily. Maybe it's because of that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I totally believe that. Because, you know, you're, you cannot be running away from a saber-toothed tiger... You cannot be running away from, you know, some snake that's going to come to you in Paris and, you know, eat you because that's what that system is made for. You know, that system of fight or flight was made for you to make sure that Matilda lives for as long as possible. But when Matilda looks at a pigeon and thinks the pigeon's going to kill her. <laughs> so, so guess what? <laughs> You're killing your immune system. You're killing your immune system slowly, slowly, slowly. Your immune system becomes compromised, and that's what's happening right now. I mean, when you're in fear mode, Matilda, here's another one for the listeners to really think about. When you're in fear mode, you are easily, easily manipulated. You're very easily manipulated. Because with fear, you're able to, you're, you'll do whatever it takes. Oh, as long as I don't get that, as long as I don't get sick, as long as I live through this, I'll do whatever someone tells me. And then they go out and they get some shady doctors to tell you <laughs> all yeah. this nonsense. And then you're running with it. And the very same neighbors that you loved and spoke to every day, all of a sudden, you're looking at them like they're going to come and kill you right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it's like, what is all this about? And you know what it's all about is it goes back to being sensible. It's going back to being a very sensible, grounded, balanced individual. So take that time to really look after yourself, you know, go for that walk. Um, you know, if you have a pet, you know, it's beautiful because the pet, any pet, dog, cat, pigeon, whatever it is, <laughs> it will take some of that nervousness out of your system and you'll live uh, more healthy for a longer period of time because your uh, immune system will not be affected. But if you're constantly in, 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 in fight or flight, your immune system is, is something which is definitely uh, going to be affected in the long run. 
Well, I'm gonna note to it. I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't know how I have to fix this thing, but um, <laughs> I mean, it has to be fixed because, uh, yeah, it's kind of uh, not fun for people around me. Yeah. Also, yeah. Um, uh, Salindra, now that you were explaining about what's happening in the society, um, I, I, I came to this understanding that actually fear is a fascinating emotion because societies or governments use fear to control their citizens. Well, it's to pass their agendas, exactly. (laughs) And aren't we in such good hands that that they're going to know the best for us and the best for for our families? Like, I, I don't think so, not in my not in my world, you know, they really do use the fear mechanism to manipulate everybody. But you know, fear, whether it's rational or irrational, you know, it's caused by negative thinking, full Mm -hmm. stop, full stop. So what happens is something happens. You don't just deal with it once and, you know, shake it off and walk away like a dog or a cat because they know how to do that. Mm -hmm. We as a human being, what happens is that we, become we become attached to that so then of course one negative thinking pattern goes on to more and more and more and more so you could start by worrying and the worrying becomes anxiety and the anxiety becomes i'm gonna never speak to my neighbor because my neighbor could be the one who's gonna kill me right (laughs) yeah so how do you get away from the negative chatter that happens matilda um, but clearly I haven't, uh, <laughs> I don't do anything about the pigeon one. I'm like, let it be. Uh, yes. Um, the other ones, um, uh, actually it's very interesting. Um, fear was something, a topic that I was very interested in because I feel it can be positive and it can be negative as well. Positive. If you, you, you feel fear at a certain level can give you a beautiful fuel to do amazing things in life. For example, you have um, fear of doing, I don't know, you have a speech and you have that fear. It's actually a beautiful feeling. It's not an extreme feeling, obviously, but it's a nice fear because it makes you to be more focused, to deliver your speech properly it this fear makes you practice your speech beforehand or you have an exam so if you don't have any fear you're not going to even study you're going to go you're going to get f but this fear makes you study before and then be nervous a little bit wake up earlier go to school earlier or try to find classmates that can help you with it so it can it can be positive because i also know people who don't have the fear feeling there are um they cannot be successful in life. Also, there is another side of fear that if you feel fear like me about pigeons, some part of your life is paralyzed. Imagine it's a nice weather, but for me, I wouldn't even think that I should go sit somewhere that there are pigeons. I would rather sit inside and not enjoy the weather, but at least I'm not dealing with the pigeons, you know? Well, and it... Um, yeah no and it reminds me you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah go ahead sorry in my life i look back i had the fear to stop me for doing something amazing and now after this research i realize it's not even rational so it's uh something that maybe i can control of it Uh, and i want to learn maybe after this um after our conversation together maybe i will get some tips from you how i can manage fear i have two very big questions for you how someone can manage the fear because i think if you have a healthy relationship with fear it can be very useful for you and you can be very successful human being you can navigate the fear for as a good fuel for you and how people develop these fears, what age, do you know what age it starts? Because it's not like all, all the brothers and sisters have the same fears. Some of them I've seen in family, some of the brothers or sisters, they are um, like adrenaline um, junkie. 
I think is the wrong word to it. Yeah. It, yeah. No, no, I totally uh, get that. I totally get that. But you know, some of the common fears, Matilda, are fear of failure, fear mm -hmm. of rejection, right? Fear of missing out or fear of change. They don't like change. They like to be comfortable because they know it's mm -hmm. familiar, right? Um, and of course, fear of being judged. Who wants to be judged, right? Or just plain old something bad happening. Uh, you know, fear of, of getting hurt. But, you know, the interesting thing about fear is that there was a study done in the States and they interviewed uh, 100 people or was it 1,000 people? I can't remember. Between the ages of 13 and 18. And do you know what their 10 biggest fears were? Not, the, the, not fear of failure, not fear of rejection or missing out or fear of change or fear of all of this. Those are normal human fears, okay? But guess what the average American's fears are? Are you ready? Fear of judgment, not liking in a Facebook page or something like that. No, we, no. and you're going to, once I mention these, you're going to be like, oh my God, that's so true. Because in the States, they are fed fear. They are fed fear. So their number one fear, terrorist attacks. Number one fear, mm -hmm. terrorist attacks. Then the other ones are in, and this, the rest of them don't have an order. Fear of spiders, fear of death, fear of failure. That's now, that's the first one out of the normal fear that the rest of the world has. Fear of failure is one. Fear of war. Mm -hmm. Fear of criminal or gang violence. Fear of the future. Fear of a nuclear war. And then the last one, fear of being alone. I found that very interesting because this teaches you something, is how much of the fear that you have is instilled by your government CNN. And, <laughs> and social media. <laughs> yeah right it's amazing it's amazing um <laughs> a society i've i've read in a philosophy actually they're saying a society that has fear of death yes. it has a fear of living as well i think in spanish culture they have a very interesting connection with death so that's why they're very lively people the culture celebrates life very uh, much better than, for example, in American culture, because in American culture, they look at death in a very negative and very uh, sad way of, um, sad, sad way. But in other, some other cultures, they actually, they take it lightly about it. They, well, they think that it's a normal cycle of life. Mm -hmm. uh, birth, death, like birth, life, death. That's, I mean, that's a whole cycle right? And so one or the other, it doesn't make a difference because you're always there in spirit. You're, you're eternal. In spirit, you are eternal. I think where the difference is, you know, Matilda, in the States is that death is not something that is easily discussed. There are many cultures that they do not discuss death. They do not open up that that Pandora's box about death. What happens to you once you've lived a full life? What happens to you when you cross over? Where do you go? They don't have a healthy conversation. Mm -hmm. I find that there's many cultures um, that actually, uh, they discuss death just like they would discuss a birth or discuss life. It's, it's a very acceptable conversation to have. It's kind of like the old taboo, you know, uh, back in the day, people wouldn't discuss, um, they wouldn't discuss sex. It was something that's behind the closed doors, right? So how comfortable are you? And, and in that comfort, um, what have you learned? Right? And, and, uh, and, you know, fear of failure, fear of rejection, those are common, right? Nobody wants to fail. But in failure, we are taught, we are taught that there, even in failure, there's a lesson. As long as you can focus in on that lesson. Fear of rejection, right? 
I mean, what is fear of rejection? Fear of rejection is you start equating yourself as not good enough. But when you look at it as fear of rejection, well, everyone has free will and choice. Maybe to That's you true. it was perfect, but maybe for the other person it wasn't. But we don't go and hide in a closet. What we do is we, we go and seek some assistance, some help, something. If you're uh, feeling that rejection is creeping to the point where it's paralyzing you, you will go and get some help, right? Yeah, and Sarina, so, so, like, I'm just stuck with the conversation you just said about fear of death, and I'm questioning myself. Uh, do I have a fear of death? And actually, I think I do. Now I'm panicking. <laughs> I think I do have it, and I'm feeling maybe I have more, um, I have fear of my loved ones not having me <laughs> than me being, because I feel like if I die, I don't feel anything, and I'm going to be in a, and nothingness maybe um but yeah how can you how can someone overcome that fear the fear of, of death? death well is and it that's natural very... to feel it or not i don't know do you know anyone that lived forever no do you, do you know even a plant doesn't live forever even a rock doesn't live forever you think about it it is the normal cycle of life and so well, when you start idea. Sorry, but idea, but the idea that I feel like, oh, I'm not going to exist anymore in the, the form that I know, it makes me sad. Now I'm going to cry Why? for myself that I'm going <laughs> to die. <laughs> I but think I need to see a therapist here. <laughs> you, usually when people are afraid of death, I hate to, <laughs> they're not fearful of death for themselves. Mm-hmm there's a fear of how I'm going to die, what's yeah. going to happen to me when I die, and where am I going to go. They don't necessarily reflect on what is going to happen with my loved ones, unless, you know, I could understand it's a, you know, a young mother and has children and all of that, because, you know, a mother feels responsible and wants to make sure that, you know, she was a guardian to these children and that they're taken care of but it's very interesting death is a is is a beautiful example of fear because i know a lot of people that are afraid of death they're afraid of their loved ones passing away and leaving them behind so in other words a child will you know with a thought of my parents no longer ever being here the child will cry because what will I do without mom and dad? You see? So it's a very interesting conversation that each of our listeners should actually have with themselves. Are you more afraid of dying? Or are you more afraid that your loved ones die? What are you? That's a very uh, different way of looking at it. A very I, different way of looking at it because I'd I know, rather, yeah, yeah. I, now I'm thinking, Salindra, and I think I'd rather die even if it's five minutes later than my loved ones because I wouldn't want them to have to feel that pain of mine. I mean, maybe I'm feeling a lot about myself, but you know, about my mom, I would never want her feel that pain or my grandma or my dad or my. I don't know. Yeah, no, no. And what you're speaking of, Matilda, is speaking uh, of of death, but out of out of line. That's Mm -hmm. that's okay. So when I say that speaking about death out of line, what I mean is normal cycle of life is grandmother goes first, mother and father go next, then it's you and then it's your children. You understand? So there's a there's a real line and a natural way that one crosses over. If everything was good and normal, that is typical. But sometimes what happens is that it is out of line where a mother or father has to see their, their beautiful young child go before them. Now it's very difficult for the mother and father because if you think about a mother or father, they would give their life up. They would give their life up for their son or daughter or whoever to have a full life, you see? And so when it's out of line, it doesn't matter. 
it will always be uh, very difficult because it's out of line. But now think about it, if <laughs> everybody went in the order that typically nature has made things to move forward, um, it's death, death is easier to handle, right? When you look at it, okay, if your grandmother goes before your parents, it's easier. No, I don't want to die. <laughs> no, not you, but, but, but if, when it's yeah. in order. Now, yeah. you know, I've, I've been in situations where I have good friends where the child dies before the mother or father. Yeah. Do you know how difficult that is for a mother or father? And it wasn't a fear that brought them to that point. It was just something that was going to happen and they were going to have to deal with it. And, and to deal with it would have been very, very difficult because it was out of line. Um, so, I mean, our show isn't about death, but it's a really important question for you yeah. is what is your fear? Is your fear death? I mean, some people are afraid that they're, they're afraid of death because they think they're going to some place called hell. <laughs> And I find that very, I find that quite interesting because in my understanding of life and my belief system, and it goes back to those very same things, where you are and how you handle fear is about your thoughts, beliefs, experiences, memories, preferences, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And my belief system, um, heaven and hell is on earth. Yeah, that's how religion controls people, by fearing them. <laughs> no, if you had a good life here, well, then it was heaven for you. And if, if life here was difficult, well, then you've already been to hell, so it couldn't get any worse. <laughs> but, exactly. you know, and that's me. That's my, my understanding of who I am and where I am. But some people have fear of death because they were not very kind uh, individuals yeah. and they 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 created a lot of suffering not just for themselves they created a lot of suffering for other people and they're not willing to face the hell that they think they're going to and they're mm -hmm. afraid because of that right so yeah. it's a it's it's a really important question you know um and and you know what Salindran, um if I look back, I haven't done lots of things in my life physically, emotionally, somehow I feel I'm very strong or I can recover. But uh, physically, I haven't done anything very crazy because I'm always afraid if something happens to me or I have this fear of, oh, I don't want to break something or I don't want to die. Yeah, there's and the fear of hurting, getting hurt. <laughs> and uh, if you look at it, maybe... I mean, it's not logical what I th I'm thinking about a lot of times. And it maybe stopped me to, to see my full potential in life. So it's interesting to maybe I have to navigate or maybe I have to go deeper in this to realize why am I afraid of maybe a lot of things and what is the reason maybe when I developed it and how can I overcome it? Because if I don't have the fear, maybe I can conquer the world and feel that. And I actually like men um, that they don't have that fear. Um, it's kind of exciting for me. Mm. I guess it's the opposite of it. And, you know, there is a lot of things to say about male fear and female fear and the fears are different. And uh, so, I mean, that's, that's, again, it's very internal, but if you're, if our listeners really truly want to look at fear, fear was something that was gifted to us to make sure that we actually survive and live, that we do not jump off that bridge thinking that we are, we are going to be okay. It was gifted to us. But if fear is running your life, now you've got a problem. If you're not living a full life the way you want to live a full life and experience it in its totality, well, then you've got something to really go back and look at very closely. And I think it's important to start with questioning. Question mm -hmm. yourself. Because when you question yourself, even if you don't have the answers, the brain 
the brain will look for an answer and it will find the answer for you. And whatever that answer is, question that answer. And you'll come up with an answer, now question it again. And it's interesting when you're faced with fear, you have to face the fear and go through it. That is the only way. Courage. You need That's courage right. in this world. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. That's when fear turns into courage. So, uh, Salindran, I have a question for you. I have these friends. Uh, I have a couple of friends during COVID. They were experiencing panic attacks. Or, and for me, it was interesting. Obviously, it's not a realistic um, fear that they are feeling, so it's a kind of an imaginative thing. But what triggers these kind of emotions, and do you think we can control them? Um, do we feed them? Um, wh what do we do that makes it more, for example, with this situation in the world? Lots of people are, some people are actually taking pills. Well, yes, because, because they don't have the mechanisms or the know-how. So instead of uh, coming to a point where, um, you know, they become paralyzed or they freeze up or they freak out, uh, they choose to go ahead and numb themselves out. And so how, what they'll do is they'll take certain, um, you know, it could be narcotics, it could be alcohol, it could be drugs, yes. it could be a prescription drugs. I mean, it's all the same unless you can sit down and have a deep conversation uh, about what is coming up because it's going to have to be dealt with. You can't just keep drinking it away. You can't just, you know, look for a prescription to help you. Um, and, and, you know, the way out of fear is number one, catch it when it starts. Because mm -hmm. I'll tell you, uh, what drives fear is more and more negative self-talk. It's the negative self-talk. So you start off with, oh, you know, um, there's a spider. What if there's lots of spiders? Now my room is full of spiders. Oh my God, I got to get out of here because what if I go to sleep and all these spiders attack me in the middle of the night? You see what I mean? It's like it, it's one little spider and it, now it's taken over your world. Why not just be reasonable and start with the small steps. Catch yourself when you're going down that negative spiral and say to yourself, now, why is it that I'm feeling this? Let it feel, feel what is coming up. I'm feeling very nervous. I'm feeling so nervous. I'm feeling nervous because, you know, for, for, for instance, your friend, she's feeling nervous and anxious about her future. What am I going to do if I lose my job? What am I going to do if I can't pay my bills? What if, what if we don't have enough food to eat? What if I drop in my shower and because we're isolated, no one even knows. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you the what ifs are never ending. The possibilities are, are never ending. So why not just catch yourself when, when you start? Question it right away. And as soon as you find yourself doing negative self-talk, go do something you enjoy. Go do something that you enjoy. Take yourself out of it because it goes back to when you're in that state, you sit a certain way, your body needs to get up and be active and all of a sudden the good hormones will kick in and 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 the endorphins will kick in because you're doing something you enjoy so even if there's all this negative chitter chatter but you're doing something you enjoy negative is here but when you're doing something positive it will lift the negative up it doesn't have a choice it can't exist Negative and positive cannot exist at the same time. You're either negative or you're positive, but you can't be negative and positive at the same time. So do also, something. Also, um, um, Salindra, I mean, from our conversation, I'm thinking, if people have self-love and self-mastery, again, from the uh, first episode, um, they might not be fear. I mean, I think it's going to help them with the fear of, 
judgment. It will be um, maybe help them with the fear of, oh, I'm going to be alone, um, you know, for the relationship wise. They might, uh, it kind of help them with, um, I don't know. Um, well, you know, when you're, when you're actually going positive, when you're actually doing, when you actually love yourself and yeah. love is the basis of everything. So when you're actually completely 100% loving yourself, there's nothing in the world that can destroy you. There's nothing in the world that can stop you. There's absolutely nothing that you can't overcome. And that's a fact because you're, you're so positive, your spirit's lifted so high, and all of a sudden, nothing is impossible. Everything is possible. And, exactly. and that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it, right? Is that when, when you're in good spirits, of course, you can do anything, be anything, have anything. So do you think by if I work on my self-love, um, obviously it's something that I think everyone has to work it all the time on it. Um, do you think I'm going to overcome my phobia? Nah. Well, again, you know, uh, Matilda, if a phobia is something where, you know, Psychological. Well, yes, it is. And, and, it's, and it's also not just psychological because it's physical as well. You're going to have some physical reaction as that, you know, phobia yeah. is happening. And uh, of course, so it's psychological and it's uh, physical and, uh, and of course, it's emotional. So something of those three areas has to break. When mm -hmm. a pigeon comes, <laughs> you've got to break. You've got to do something which you normally don't do. The easiest and the fastest thing is to look at that pigeon, maybe see a butterfly instead of a pigeon. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is that when you see the pigeon, you might want to just breathe. Look at what's happening in your body. Maybe you're breathing shallow. You're not breathing deep. So you have to change that. But, um, I mean, there's so many ways to, to go down that, uh, you know, journey. But I think fear... Uh, fear is a teacher for us. Yeah. Fear is a great teacher. We can learn so much from fear. We get to learn so much about ourselves. Ourselves too. Right? As we're going through fear. And, and the beauty of fear, the beauty of fear is that when you actually overcome a fear. It's a powerful thing. My God, you know. Mm. You know how you feel. And there's no one that can take that away from you right fear yeah. is a beautiful place and it has a place it truly has a place in the whole you know in the whole of life fear is also necessary um i have a questions um two questions for you salindra uh one about do you know what age cuz i don't think children do they do they born with fear? I don't. I don't think that emotion is there when they're born. It's kind well, of well. The children are born with fear, but that is the innate desire to survive. Mm -hmm. We all have that. We're all born to make sure that we don't go and kill ourselves. That's why it's really important to be wired that way when you're born. But you have to understand that a child, from my belief is prior to conception, but some people say, okay, from the minute that you're conceived to the age of seven or eight, a child will see their caregiver act and react to certain situations. So if the caregiver is afraid of pigeons, the yeah. child will become afraid of pigeons. Oh, if the care yes, yes. If the caregiver is afraid of dogs, the child will pick up that I should be afraid of dogs before they learn how to speak and all of that. So you, fear is something which is learned as well, but not even having gone through it, they could just look at someone else going through fear and mm. become fearful for the rest of their life. 
it's interesting. I was doing some research um, because I wanted to see what age they develop this or they understand fear fully. Um, I've came to across that after age of two, children start uh, experiencing different fears, like fear of separation from their parents. And then slowly later on, a uh, lot of children, um, they are dealing with, um, with the darkness, uh, feeling scared of the dark. And, if, and these studies were saying, if the parents don't take care of this uh, in a right way, the child can grow up and have a lot of damages. It was interesting. I was like, you would never even think, but I guess... Maybe well, I mean, psychological, um, maybe our, maybe, I don't know, it's just something that we can think about. Maybe our fear of failure comes from um, fear of darkness, that we didn't deal with it from a young age in a right way. Maybe. Well, well it could be, but I, I, you know, fear of darkness is really a fear of the unknown. Because when you see a child who's afraid, they're not afraid of the darkness per se. They're afraid of what they think is in the darkness. They're afraid of the unknown that exists in the darkness. Right? And yeah. so that is a common fear. That is a very common fear that a lot of human beings have is fear of the unknown. Because exactly. they like to know because they've always been taught to navigate life with, if I do A, B, C, then my result will be whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're doing A, B, C, but the result is unknown, then it becomes a fear. Like, why would I do that if I don't know what the end result is, you see? So that again are key things that you have to pay attention to. That's why it's very important to allow your children to be by themselves and play the way they want to play. That's very important mm. that they understand that everything in life is to, to experience and to learn and to grow from. That's why failure shouldn't be feared. Failure should be, oh, okay, well, next time, you know, I'll know that, right? If, if you're think afraid culture of has a big influence in it, Salindran. Some cultures condemn failure. They, um, I know, for example, in Swiss culture, if you do something, you start a business and you fail, it's a very big, um, it's very bad. They look at it in a bad way. For example, in America, that feeling is not there. That's why a lot of startups have the courage to start something because they don't care if they fail something. That they, they look at failure in a business in, as a very normal part of uh, life. Whereas, I don't know, maybe Iranian or Armenian culture looks at it very differently. So, well, I mean, culture has a lot of big influence in it, no? I think it's generational. Don't you see like uh, whatever culture you're speaking of, it depends on the generation because the older generations viewed a lot of things differently than the younger generations. Mm. Right. So um, that, you know, uh, yeah, I do believe that there are certain things that are uh, definitely about the community or culture or the area of the world that you come from, you know, um, if you do not, uh, you know, uh, get into certain prestigious universities and, uh, you know, certain individuals uh, felt that they failed their family, they failed their, you know, parents, they would go and commit suicide because they didn't yeah. make it. Um, but when you look at that, who is actually the contributor to that belief system? Who was uh, the contributor? It was the parent, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a learned, it's a belief system, and a, a belief system that doesn't serve the next generation. So, uh, you know, um, I, I have a lot of friends from the Armenian and Iranian communities here in Vancouver. Um, I can assure you that they do not think the way their counterparts think in the old country, because mm. here it's, it's not looked at, and especially the younger generation, they're like, uh, no, I'll try, try again. I'll try and try again. And that's how life is. And that's the way life should be. 
life is to be enjoyed and to explore and to appreciate the ups, the downs, and all arounds, <laughs> you know? Um, so fear, fear is a good thing as long as it doesn't run your life, as long as it doesn't paralyze you, it doesn't allow you to have a full life that you're supposed to have. Fear is a good thing. So exactly. To have a good relationship with fear. That's right. Make it your friend. That's right. That's right. Because a good friend will allow you to see the truth. A good friend would never disempower you and take control of you. A good friend doesn't do that. So on that note, I'm uh, Solyndron Buller uh, from Uplifting Humans, where we honor, empower, educate, and inspire the listener. Thank you for joining us, Matilda. And I'm Matilda, host of Coffee with Matilda, A Journey to Self. And we'll see you guys next time. Ciao. <laughs>